Welcome back to the Mastering Your Fertility podcast. This show is all about empowering couples with the knowledge they need to get pregnant, stay pregnant, and have the healthiest baby possible. I'm Kristen Cornett, a functional nutritional therapy practitioner and owner of an online fertility practice called Tiny Feet. I work with women and couples all over the world to optimize their health and fertility so they can build the families they've always dreamed of. You can learn more about me on my website at tinyfeet.co. Thanks so much for tuning in with me today. Before we get started, I just want to share a couple of awesome free resources that can help you move forward on your journey. First is the free Are You Healthy Enough to Get Pregnant quiz that will ask you about symptoms in five areas of health that are foundational to fertility and provide you with some practical tips on how to get started addressing each area. Next is the free mini course on how to choose the best prenatal supplements, which walks you through the specific nutrients you need to support your fertility and a healthy pregnancy, and how to find high quality supplements to meet your needs. And lastly, if you're wanting more individualized advice for where to go next on your journey, or you're thinking that you'd like to work with someone one-on-one, you can go ahead and schedule a free 20-minute phone consult with me. You can find links to all three of these resources through the link in this week's episode description. You're listening to episode 84, and today I'm going to be interviewing Joanne Verkylen, who is the founder of a company called Circle and Bloom that provides incredible guided meditation and visualization programs for women going through infertility and other health challenges. You might have noticed that I've been spending a lot of time on the podcast recently talking about the mind-body healing connection, and that's because it's such an important area of health and wellness that many of us really struggle to create space for in our lives. It's also something that conventional providers rarely, if ever, acknowledge as an important piece of creating a fertile environment in our bodies. There's a huge variety of approaches and modalities out there for mind-body work, and I want to share as many options as I can with you so that you can find something that really feels right to you and will support you on your journey. I've been recommending Circle and Bloom programs to my one-on-one clients for quite a while, and I'm currently using one of their programs myself as my husband and I get ready to try to conceive again this year. I'm excited to have Joanne on the show today to talk about the personal story that led her to start Circle and Bloom, how guided visualization works and the science behind how it improves health and fertility, the connection between stress and trouble conceiving, and what you can expect from the fertility enhancement programs that Circle and Bloom offers. So I'll go ahead and introduce you to Joanne and we'll jump right in. Joanne Verkylen is the founder of Circle and Bloom, which aims to share the incredible power of the mind-body connection. Her various programs and guided meditations are designed to empower anyone on their journey. Diagnosed with PCOS and the possibility of infertility as a late teen, she did struggle to conceive. She had two very different pregnancy experiences, but it did end with two happy, beautiful children. When her friend Stephanie also started having fertility problems and seeing what she went through, this gave Joanne a business idea. Thus, she created Circle and Bloom back in 2008. Exploring the connection between the mind and body, she created a meditation program for both infertility and cancer. Her company grew fairly into the scale that it is today and has since helped over 50,000 women worldwide. You can find links to Joanne's website and social media through the link in this week's episode description. Enjoy the interview. All right. Welcome, Joanne Verkylen. Thank you so much for joining me today on Mastering Your Fertility. I'm really excited to have you. 
Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So can you start off by sharing a little bit about your background? And I believe you have a personal experience with health and fertility challenges as well. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. And um, so my background is that I am the proud mom of two daughters, two girls. Um, they're now you know, on the older side, uh, 14 and 18, but my struggle with um, trying to conceive is certainly something that has shaped my life since I've had, um, particularly my second child, Abby, just because of um, secondary infertility issues, more or less. My my story is is definitely a PCOS story, more or less, and the struggles with trying to conceive when diagnosed with PCOS which I was diagnosed when I was in my late teens, and it was quite the, the quite the shock when I was. I, I remember switching doctors, and it was almost like an immediate diagnosis. He was he just saw the saw the signs like immediately, and he clearly was up to speed on PCOS. Which at the time, you know, if you think back, sort of, oh gosh, I don't know. So let's just say. Uh, how old am I now? <laughs> it's been, it's okay. It's been a little bit of time since I was in my late teens. So as you can imagine, like, you know, PCOS is just, I don't even think they still quite understand what causes it and how to correct it. And so, um, as you can imagine, you know, he was definitely up to speed with the issues and diagnosed me pretty quickly. And I'll just never forget sitting in his office and him saying to me, pregnancy might become difficult for you. And that really stuck with me, right? Because in your late teens, you know, of course you don't know what your future is going to hold and if you're going to, you know, eventually get married. And But you have these dreams, of course. And so that kind of definitely stuck with me. And so when we were newly married, I, um, you know, just let, you know, we said, okay, well, let's just see what happens. And, you know, went off birth control and didn't try and didn't not try, you know, it wasn't anything that we were scheduling or anything. And we were um, very fortunate to have become pregnant within six months with a healthy pregnancy. And that was Jacqueline. And then it was really my secondary, you know, becoming one, wishing to become pregnant again, that problems really started to, started to mount. And, you know, I, I wonder how much of it really stemmed from my state of mind, right? Like really feeling the clock ticking and really feeling the stress and really feeling all these components that were different from my first pregnancy. So, um, but PCOS is definitely, it's, you know, had, a, had several, well, less than five miscarriages and um, had, uh, you know, issues there and finally became pregnant. Now, did I use mind-body techniques when I was trying to conceive Abby? No, like I'm not sitting here saying all the work that I've done is, oh, you know, fixed me. And, and no, I don't, that's not my story. My story is definitely after the fact and then seeing my best friend start to go through infertility issues and seeing her day-to-day -day monthly um, struggle and recognizing it so clearly, the stress and how it how it really just, you know, built month, month after month after month to almost, you know, debilitating. They even say that, be, you know, struggling with infertility issues is as, as, is as bad from a stress component as being diagnosed with cancer, 
Um, so I really felt the need to help her. So that's, that's my quick story with infertility. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think it's, um, it's definitely something I see a lot in working with women who are struggling with their fertility, that they often have a diagnosis, even from many years ago, like what you experienced with PCOS in your late teens. And of course, doctors want to give you a realistic picture of what you're dealing with. They want to provide you with a diagnosis, explain what it is that's going on with your body. But I do think that some of the things that we're told kind of stick with us. And in particular with fertility challenges, I've noticed this a lot with women who get a diminished ovarian reserve type of a diagnosis, or they're told that there's very little chance that they'll ever be able to conceive on their own. I feel right. like those kinds of things just really impact our our psyche and our mind body wellness um, and yes. our ability to have any trust or faith in our bodies, it really reinforces this idea kind of that we're broken and that there's not really anything that we can do about it. It just is the way it is. And then that impacts the way that we approach the journey from that point on. Right. Yeah. I couldn't agree with that more. And, you know, really the, that, that's, that's essentially what drove me into wanting to understand that a, a bit better and I, I've always been interested in sort of the mind-body connection and wanted to, wanted to really do the research. And so I, you know, in, in an effort to help my friend Stephanie, really went into, okay, what has been done to study the, uh, the stress and fertility connection? Because in her instance, and, and she was never diagnosed with any problems. So she has been unexplained. And I'm telling you, they never really went on birth control. And she, they ended up adopting two, they ended up having one natural, one IVF, and then they adopted two more. And through that adoption process, even they didn't, you know, con they continued to try, not try. Um, anyway, um, so I, but I saw within her that issue and wanting to really understand it. And so really, I, I just, you know, knee deep into Google and wanting to understand what the studies that, that had been done um, and started to unpack the issue and wanting to then create something for her that sh that would help her. So that was kind of all, all is what the beginnings are of uh, Circle and Bloom. So at what point did you decide that you wanted to turn this into something that was going to go out into the world to help more people? Well, it was, it was really an idea that I had. Um, and my, my, my story is, is that I was sort of standing in my kitchen with a, with some coffee and looking out the back window and it just hit me, right. That this idea of doing a guided visualization that tracked to the cycle that enabled somebody then to do something every single day to get enter into state of deep meditative deep relaxation and then do the research so that i could help understand and help guide a visualization inside the body um when so that was really the time in which i said it was like the aha moment and i was really thinking about it 24 7 like what i could do how i could do it how, what, what would I need to create or produce or research to be able to do this product and do it to the best of my ability? And, um, and then the idea to sort of put it out there was all intertwined, but really my friend Stephanie was the impetus to do the research and to help 
you know, start with her. So she was always like my muse. Uh, it sounds, it sounds a little goofy or cheesy to say, but <laughs> she, she really was the person that I was developing it for. Well, that's awesome. You know, it's great that this wasn't necessarily something that you could use for your own fertility journey, but you were brought to this as something that you could develop to help a friend that was struggling and then, you know, figure out that that was going to be a big piece of other women's fertility journey as well. Right. And, um, yeah, it, it really became a holistic, like it really became something that I almost needed to do in in it where I look back and I'm like, I, it, it was something, the ideas and the writings of the scripts and the producing of the programs really just came so natural, even though I had, you know, I had behind me research and I had behind me, um, I, I worked closely with Dr. Bernie Siegel as well. He mm-hmm. helped shape the, the understanding. I also worked with another psychologist who was very steeped in hypnosis and um, working with patients along those lines. And so, I mean, you should see my, my library is full of like these mind body techniques, hypnosis, like guided visualization, all these books that I bought, you know, probably 12 years ago that are still relevant today, you know, research and bodies of work that psychologists and psychiatrists have done in the past to really unlock what this means. Like, what is the science behind it? How, how can one leverage it? And Dr. Bernie Siegel is, he's probably the most well-known. He was the, he's the author of Love, Medicine, and Miracles, which during the 80s was a New York Times bestseller book. And he's, his entire career was focused in oncology and constantly was beating the drum of visualizations and, real, and going inside the body and using te- these techniques to help his cancer patients. So when I was when I was really thinking about this idea, I hadn't, it hadn't fully formed or it did, but I was still noodling it and deciding how to write it. I stumbled across his book and I said, well, you know what, what do I have to lose? I found his email address and I, I reached out to him and I said, can your, basically the email was very straightforward and simple. Can your techniques be applied to women who are experiencing infertility? And he probably responded within 20 minutes <laughs> Wow! and was so supportive. And, you know, really he became a member of my advisory board and really kind of, like I said, helped shape the strategy of the, of the program so that we could really, you know, understand from a scientific perspective, how this was all helping now. And, and we also worked with a few REs who were open to the concept um, you know, cause some REs are not, you know, they don't see, well, some people are very, and they don't understand the science that have been, has been done or understand the research that has been done. But this particular RE, New Jersey based Dr. Dehan Shen helped me like with the, with the science, with the, I should say the physical side of the visualization. So what's happening inside the body during each day of the month as you cycle through and, and help me there. So Yeah. Well, that's great that you were able to find so much support to put this together um, and get people involved that might not otherwise have been in something like this. Like, absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Mm -hmm. So talk a little bit about what these concepts of guided visualization and meditation are. I'm sure that a lot of women are familiar with these techniques, um, but for those who aren't, kind of what is the goal of these techniques? What's the difference between those two, guided visualization and meditation? What are we trying to accomplish? Sure, it's a great question. I'm sure, yeah, meditation is definitely a, a 
a, a more like every single day, right? I see more and more about meditation and the benefits of meditation and how, you know, how to, what the techniques are for, for different types of meditations. And there's probably, you know, I don't, you know, tens in, you know, many, many different types of, of meditation you can employ. Uh, probably the most popular is, is that in which you are instructed or just by yourself, you try to minimize your thoughts and just try to focus on your breathing. That's a very simple meditation. Um, what guided visualization does is take that, is, is enable, is sort of allowing the body and using the auditory, you know, still you're lying down with your eyes closed, you know, or you could be sitting up like in a meditative like pose, like a lotus position if you want, but you know, your eyes are closed and you're listening to somebody who's helping you sort of move into a very relaxed state. Um, and once you get there, then your brain slows down, your thoughts automatically, you know, just go down in terms of the speed or, or the quantity. And, but then what happens then as well is, is that if, and, and this is sort of what our programs do is that we help and, and the, again, sa same techniques being applied to people going through oncology with guided visualization, we go within the body. And I know this sounds kind of unique, right? It is a little different. Like what, what would that do? Like, how does, how do you even visualize inside your body? But that's, that's what, that's what our programs do. So you go inside the body and essentially um, communicate with it, communicate in a very unique way that allows the mind-body connection to really activate and to allow the communication to, to move inside the body and help the body sort of balance itself to, um, you know, it depends on the type of meditation we're doing. But again, we, that, and, that, and this is why we, this is why every single program is different and it's shaped to the, um, the cycle. Um, so as your hormone levels start to change and shift and what happens within the, you know, the uterus and the ovaries and the communication between the pituitary gland and the ovaries and all these things, we can actually go in and start to visualize. And, and so what this accomplishes is, first of all, a much deeper understanding of what your body should be doing during that time of the cycle. And, and so you become instantly then more aware and more engaged and more empowered by virtue of that. So these are all benefits of this program, but then of guided visualization, but then in addition, you're also reducing stress and you're starting to employ, you know, again, going back to all the research that's been done, this mind body connection, which is like turning it's, it's, um, just the easiest way to explain the mind-body connection <laughs> is the placebo effect. And most people know what the placebo effect is, but if, you know, taking a sugar pill, when somebody tells you it's a, it's a powerful drug that's supposed to do X, Y, and Z, when even if you're just taking a sugar pill, if you believe that it's a drug that's supposed to do X, Y, and Z, it does X, Y, and Z. And why is that? Placebo effect is real. Mm -hmm. And it is so pervasive in a good way, in my opinion. I mean, you can, you, why not use the placebo effect to our advantage? But the, um, but, you know, as we know with studies, you have to, um, you have to put the placebo effect aside and make sure that the drug itself is not just a placebo. 
So, I mean, that's how powerful the mind-body connection is. And, you know, talking to Dr. Bernie Siegel again, I'll use his name, but, you know, he would just always just be dumbfounded that there wasn't more uh, research being done in the placebo effect itself, never mind the drugs that the drug companies are supposed to produce, right? It's like, how can we, how can we employ that direct power inside? And so that's, those are sort of the benefits of doing this guided visualization. Yeah, I think it's pretty incredible. And I wish that there was more research going on with the placebo effect. I think from a financial perspective, we can easily figure out why more of that research is not being done. There you go. Uh, yeah. So because <laughs> the there's, there's not any, there's not a lot of money in teaching somebody how to visualize what should be happening in their body. All and right. by virtue of being able to visualize that actually make it come true. And that's essentially what we're doing with the placebo effect. And knowing that we have that kind of power to affect change in our bodies simply by what we believe um, is it's extremely powerful, but it's also extremely uncomfortable, I think, for more of the conventional medical establishment. And that's why the placebo effect is kind of looked at, at as something that we need to account for or control for, or All better right. yet, ignore, you know, and study. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And it is really, really too bad. But you know, we have had, um, you know, many, uh, many, many of our listeners that report back, you know, some incredible stories. And I, I'll never be one to um, promise or make any false claims, but I will tell you that the people that reach out to us sometimes with incredible stories of their bodies, you know, just tuning back, going back to its balanced state. And, you know, either getting pregnant or being successful through an IVF or an IUI or whatever the case is. Again, I don't like to put any direct promise out there like, okay, you'll do this and then this happens. But at the same time, we have an undeniable uh, and very powerful uh, customer base that loves our programs because of the success and because of, you know, and success could be. I feel better, you know, and that's kind of yeah. what the, I'll never forget one of the best success stories we got email. And this was early on, you know, she, she emailed us and she said, you know, I feel beautiful again. And what a, what a just um, deep and impactful statement to say that, right? Because we all know what it's like to go be going through trying to conceive and and it's just, you feel so out of control and out of your body and you don't know who you are but then to be balanced again, right? From a stress perspective and from a, just a, a feeling empowered again. So I think that, that that says it all, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I mean, of course, like if you're on the fertility journey, your ultimate goal is to be able to get pregnant. But I think a lot of people realize when they start digging a little bit more into their health, not just their physical health, but also their mental and emotional health, they find that there's a lot more going on in there than just the inability to conceive. And I think of infertility more as a symptom of something else that's going wrong as opposed to the condition itself. Um, and so I think something, a program like this can really help uncover what some of those underlying issues might be. And so success, yes, might look like getting pregnant, but success might also look like, hey, I feel beautiful again, or I actually feel connected to my body. I don't feel like it's broken or, you know, shameful or not working properly anymore. That's a, that's a huge success in itself. I so agree. I so agree. 
Yeah. You know, there is quite a bit of science and although we're not necessarily studying the placebo effect as directly, there are still quite a few studies to show that things like meditation or stress reduction techniques techniques or guided visualization are effective for quite a few health conditions, not just menstrual cycle health and fertility, but like what what is some of the science that we have to support the use of exercises like this just for overall health? Like what kind of conditions have we studied that respond well to these things? In terms of meditation, like yeah. what other, yeah. Um, it's interesting, I, it, you know, I've done a ton of research as it relates to cancer in particular. We do actually have a cancer program. Um, cancer has touched my life pretty uh, pretty deeply, not personally, but within my family. Um, so I really felt compelled to, to, to go deeply into the, you know, the issues that arise when you do experience cancer. Um, so I think that from a guided visualization perspective, there's lots of stories, lots of both anecdotal as well, I believe as scientific, you know, studies that have been done to point to positive um, outcomes using guided visualization with cancer. So that's one area that I'm well aware of. I think meditation, generally speaking, and the link between better sleep um, and there's been lots of studies done about the importance of sleep and deeper sleep, better quality sleep, more sleep. Um, so I think that there's, there's definitely um, studies out there that point to that. I'm trying to think what else that I've, writ, I've read. I mean, I definitely think that, um, I definitely know that or believe that there's lots of links between using meditation and, um, you know, having an improved mood and having an improved kind of depress, you know, depressive episodes, um, and headaches and that sort of thing. Yeah. So there's lots of benefits, generally speaking, I'm sure I'm forgetting like a big Digestive health is another really big yeah. one. Like how many people respond positively to stress-based therapies for IBS? Right. Right, exactly. And that's, you know, there's a lot of stress elements to that, I believe. So yes, um, I think that that would be very powerful. So let's talk about stress for a second, because this is a touchy subject in the fertility community. And I think a lot of women have been made to feel partly from like unhelpful or unsupportive or uninformed comments from friends and family. They've kind of been made to feel like they're causing their own fertility struggles by just, you know, stressing themselves out. But mm -hmm. there's a lot of different ways that we can encounter and experience stress. And there is a very real connection between having a heightened stress response and having trouble conceiving. So can you share a little bit more about that stress fertility connection and how that's impacting our reproductive health? Sure. There's um, Al Dr. Alice DeMar from Harvard ha has been sort of a pioneer in really shaping the dialogue about stress and infertility. Um, she helped institute a, a mind-body like um, program, you know, it's sort of a physical let's get together. There's many ways, by the way, you can work through stress. Um, her focus was allow, creating a very safe place for women to share what they're going through with each other. And that was a hugely positive and, you know, you could definitely see the benefits of that and positively on one's um, infertility. 
So she, all the work that she's been done, that she has done has been, you know, big body of work that, that definitely points to the stress and fertility connection. I, but you're absolutely right in terms of how is stress, because you, you may feel stressed like for, you know, you may have a stressful meeting or presentation you have to prepare for. Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> or is it stress as it relates to the, you know, the, the cycle that you go through while you're trying to conceive and which is a deep, I, I believe a more deep seated stress that is very much linked towards this feeling of being not in control and, and um, not knowing like what's wrong, right? So again, like not having the answers, having to sort of feel as if your life is being put on hold, that's a much deeper level of stress. So I think we have to think about stress in many different ways to help identify and shape it so that you can help yourself really identify, okay, I'm just feeling a little anxious right now if I have to go into a presentation or a meeting, but that'll pass and I know, you know, and you can work through it that way. Um, but then there's, then there's that another layer that I think does impact. And, you know, on a physical basis, they talk about, the sort of the repression of certain hormones and like if there's too much cortisol, what happens to the balance inside that shifts the, you know, that shifts all the other sort of hormones that are supposed to be regulated and the pituitary gland being taken over and the hypothalamus. So there are, there is a link and I think it's a pretty strong one. And, and you can assume that, uh, that it's an area that should be as one may be experiencing issues of fertility that they should be thinking about and managing and helping. And again, many ways to work through it, right? We've talked about meditation, a guided visualization, something that you can every single day use to reduce the effects of stress. There's things like journaling, which is very powerful, really expressing your thoughts just to yourself, writing it down, that sort of thing, talking with others. So this idea of community and really expressing you know, your ideas and, and, and really, you know, feeling like you're in a safe place. Um, you know, better sleep is always, you know, how to focus on one sleep, making sure that that's an area that exercise they talk about is certainly a stress reliever, not anything too strenuous, but exercise is certain important. So the, these are the things that, you know, in self-care. So these are the things that I think one should be, you know, kind of focused on as it relates to managing levels of stress, but not being too hard on oneself. So let me just pause there for a second, because I feel like women then will say or feel, oh my gosh, I'm doing this to myself. And, you know, this, and if one more person tells me, you know, just to relax, <laughs> I will, ch you know, choke them and throw them out the window. And it's true because you don't want to feel as if you're doing it to yourself, which you are not. It's something that's, um, that it's, it's life and, and, and thinking through how you can better manage that, I guess, is, is a way to approach it. 
Yeah, definitely. I think it was, it was helpful to have you kind of start by saying, you know, there's different kinds of stress. There's the stress that you feel before something that you have to do at work, but then right. there's these kind of more profound stressors, things that we've developed over long periods of time, stress that comes from how we show up in the world, what kind of pressures we put on ourselves to be perfect in certain areas of our lives, how right. much caretaking we're doing for other people, whether or not we're happy in our chosen career path, whether or not there's underlying stress stressors in our families or in our relationships, things that we don't necessarily have control over, but that we also don't necessarily realize how much impact that's having on us. Exactly. So, you know, it's not like just relax is good advice for dealing with some of those underlying deep stressors. What is good advice for dealing with that is explore it figure out what's in exactly. there and then start employing some techniques that can not necessarily reduce the stressors themselves, but increase your stress resilience and reduce your body's response to that as if it's this like panic inducing situation that's causing your body to react physiologically to what you're feeling inside. Yeah. Very well said. Very well said. Yeah. So talk a little bit more about the programs at Circle and Bloom. There are multiple different options. Uh, there are two very specific fertility programs that are options, and it, that kind of depends on what method you're using to try to conceive, whether you're going natural or you're going with assisted reproductive technology. So talk about the different programs and um, how women would choose between these. Yeah, sure. So our first, uh, very first program that we released out was our natural cycle program. And and that's pretty self-explanatory. Really, it's as your, um, you know, basically a non-assisted um, cycle where you know you may be taking Clomid or something fairly straightforward, but but really it's a natural cycle, and it assumes that there are 28 days in the cycle. Nobody is usually 28 days. <laughs> I was something like 48 days or something like that. So I'm very sensitive to that. So the 28 days though can be modified. So if you're, if you're typically, you, what we typically recommend is, okay, find out when you ovulate typically, and then either add days before you ovulate. So re-listen to a few days before uh, you, you're, you start ovulation or, and then add a few more days towards the end so that you're, um, you know, when you start your, your menstrual cycle sort of thing, that's all matched up to the program. So that's, that's the natural cycle. And again, it's a visualization within the body that really goes into the balance of the cycle, balance of the hormones, what's happening within the, the uterus lining and the ovaries at the time. So every single day is different, which is actually a nice thing. And, and each program, like each daily program does follow the same structure. So the first, call it seven or eight minutes, is all about getting into a relaxed state. So we usually do like a body part, like we'll go body part by body part to help you relax. So it's using the visualization techniques to help you go through. And in, at the end of that, you really feel relaxed. Like you feel so like melted into the couch or the bed that you're lying in. It's a wonderful feeling. And that's something that I do myself all the time just to kind of bounce, you know, to get into a really relaxed state. Once you're in that relaxed state, we go into the guided visualization. So really um, go into the body, like almost traveling within the body and using words that will depict what things look like so that you can help, you know, you're, you can help visualize what's, what, what we're talking about. And then the third part of each component is sort of an emotional release section where, 
will focus and help you help you kind of think through or address maybe some emotion that you may be feeling so that we can sort of help you know bring that to the surface um and so that's the, the structure in each so we have the natural cycle and then we have a program that's geared towards IVF and IUI. So typically, you know, people will buy that when they're starting to go down the more advanced route and, you know, use the same program. And we even have shaped it so that when you're actually going into the transfer or going into a into the office, the doctor's office to do a procedure, you could actually take the visualizations and they're designed so that while things are happening, you can you know, visualize what should be happening. And a lot of our listeners, you know, really have appreciated that while it can be stressful being in the doctor's office, et cetera. And then we also have programs. And so those are our two most. And then once you're pregnant, we have a whole pregnancy series that um, the first trimester, there's a new program for each week of your pregnancy, and then it goes month to month. We're actually in development now of a new mother program as well. A lot of our listeners are um, clamoring for that because they're like, okay, you know, I'm a new mom and I'm kind of stressed and would love to have a Circle and Bloom program. So we're in development now of something like that. But then going back to, we also have a, a specific program for frozen embryo transfer, so a FET program. We also have one for embryo adoption uh, program. And we have one for PCOS. So if you have PCOS and you're trying to become pregnant, there's a program there. But as well, if you have PCOS and aren't trying to become pregnant, there's a program for that. Um, we have a program as part of our pregnancy series that when you are actually going into your birthing um, process, you know, we have a program designed to help you do that in a much more natural way, if you wish. And then lastly, it's not lastly, we have a, a bunch of other general programs to take a browse on our website, but there's one program that in case you do experience a, mis a miscarriage or um, it, we offer, and this will be free and always be free, but a program to help you um, hopefully cope through that a little bit better. Um, so that's that's out there and, you know, for free download. So that's that's kind of a quick summary of our of the circle and bloom programs yeah that's a great overview and there are a lot of options i was actually kind of surprised because i had originally seen this recommended in a fertility group that i was a part of starting a while ago and it's something that i've been recommending to clients and hadn't actually tried myself because i wasn't at that point yet where my husband and i were going to be trying to conceive so this is something that i just decided recently since we we're going to be trying again um, this year that i was going to explore a little bit more for myself so i have the natural cycle program and have just recently started that and i'm really enjoying it so far and really find it helpful the the relaxation piece is awesome for me because i struggle with that you know just getting yeah. into the mindset of being able or like mentally ready to do a visualization, I have to go, you know, muscle by muscle, relaxing my body first yeah. to like shut my mind off enough to be open and like ready to do something like that. So it is helpful to go through that process and kind of have it phased a little bit so that you're prepared for each thing that's coming next in the exercise. Right. 
Right. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. And I hope, I, I hope that you enjoy the rest of the program. I can't I'm, wait to hear. I'm sure that I will. Um, so I am curious, what is your experience from the feedback that you've received from users of these programs? Like how long is it typically taking for people to see improvements or shifts in menstrual cycle health or fertility? Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously it's not like, oh, do it for three months and you'll get pregnant. It's not going to be that way for everybody. But right. what kind of feedback are you getting as far as like improvements or positive shifts in the right direction to support fertility? We do try to put all of the feedback we receive on our website. So you can, I think it, it you know, you keep paging down and paging down because there's a lot of really great, um, great emails that we've received. But I will say that you know, we've, we've gotten everything from, there was one woman that emailed us and she said, do you guys have a pregnancy program? And I said, yes, we do. And I explained, and I said, um, you know, so does this mean congratulations? You know what? And she responded, she said, yes, I, I am. I think, she, I think I want to say she was like 45 years old or 42, or I forget exactly. And, um, she said, I went into my doctor because I thought I was, um, starting, uh, menopause cause I didn't get my period. <laughs> so, and it was her first month of listening to the natural cycle and she was pregnant. The doctor's like, no, you're pregnant. <laughs> and so we, that kind of feedback to me is just always, it just, it just sends chills down my spine. It really, really does because her experience too, she said, I have my firstborn, she said was, um, through IVF and that I think it was like nine years before. So I just, you know, stories like that. So it could be as quick as that. Um, I, again, I never promise and I, but you know, but those are real stories and real feedback we received. But I think in general, I want to say it's anywhere from a month. I mean, again, it, it really depends on how much you, you, um, you put into the program um, as well, like we, uh, there's an introduction section of the programs and where we, you know, really say, listen, if you're the, the best advice we can give is to really put yourself into these programs and really believe that they could be the catalyst to help you shift your mindset and, you know, your, your physical preparedness really, and your menstrual cycle from a balanced perspective. I mean, really believe that this could be the catalyst. And I think when people do accept it and really surrender into it, we see a much quicker response, but, you know, anywhere from a month to, you know, some people have been listening for quite a while. Um, and that's, you know, and it, and, and it just kind of depends. So it's really hard for me to put a number on that. Yeah. I mean, I think with something as powerful as this type of visualization, you can see movements in the right direction right away. Yeah. Um, and it depends, like if there's other things going on in the body too. I mean, fertility and just overall health, since fertility is a reflection of overall health, there can be multiple things going on. There are certain things that you're not going to be able to fix or adjust with a mind-body approach. There may be things that require medical investigation or maybe something a little bit more like what I do, a little bit more of that functional medicine piece, some sort of you know, hidden cause of fertility struggles that's going on that's more of a physiological issue. But this can certainly be a really powerful tool to use alongside those things. And for some people, yeah. this is really all they need. Like a lot of the physiological issues that they're having are being caused by this heightened stress response that they may not even be aware of. Right. Or just that general disconnection from the body. And, you know, I do want to mention something else that I really liked at the beginning of the program and like the introduction 
Um, and even just the email that gets sent out before, like as soon as you sign up for the program, talking about how we should try to let go of our prior experiences as much as possible, you know, instead right. of hanging on to, for some people who've been trying for a while, like all of that pain and grief that's come along with this journey, of course, you're not going to be able to shut that out completely or completely let it go. But trying to treat this as like a starting over as a new point, like we're going to start here and try to go somewhere different. Um, and I thought that that was, that was really powerful as well as like trying to, trying to treat this as a new beginning when you yeah. start. Yeah. I, I, it's not a great um, comparison, but, or a saying, but the clean slate um, idea really does kind of encapsulate that idea, right? Just try to approach it. Okay. The past is the past. And now this is now the future and my body, you know, they do, they've looked at the cellular level, like your body changes over within, I don't know, some crazy short amount of time, right? <laughs> a completely new body from a, on a cellular level within what a 40 day period, or I think the skin is like every three days or I don't know, some crazy short amount of time. So if really if that's the case, then that approach ha met, has merit, right? It has, that it's based, it's based on really what's happening within the body. You will have a new body. You will, you know, things do change and, and it, and things can change pretty quickly. Well, and if we think about the maturation process of egg cells for women too, I mean, you've got three to four months and essentially you've got a new batch of everything, you know, at that go. point. And so, you know, I think as we're going back to the, the discussion about timeline, it's like any intervention that you make, if you really want to see the full impact of that from a menstrual cycle and egg quality perspective, it's really that three to four month period prior to hopefully conceiving that's going to have the biggest impact on what that process is ultimately going to look like and how successful you're going to be. So right. I think, you know, if you're on this journey and, and you really want to know how well this can work for you, I would say at a minimum, you should give it three to four months. Yeah. Yep. I agree totally with that. And, um, and I think starting with a, starting with this, with this idea of a, having a fr fresh slate, and using some of the other mind-body techniques as well, like giving yourself that time, right? And it's also, you know, every single day doing something for yourself, which I feel like when women are trying to conceive, it's just, it's all about the body and all about the, the, the desire. And you kind of forget about yourself through that process. And so this gives you that, that time to be able to say, okay, I'm going to meditate. I'm going to journal. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do this in a way that I will find myself again, um, and become stronger throughout the process. And that, that we've heard a lot of too. And I'm sure you've witnessed that as well. For sure. You know, women coming through this and, and, and ch it changing them, um, for the better, of course, right. All experience, I, I believe, you know, shapes our character and, but it's really hard to say that to anybody going through this. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that I will say about my fertility journey is that my husband and I first started trying to conceive and started struggling long before I had training in nutrition or functional medicine or knew any of the things that I know now. And so I can relate to that feeling of like all consuming desire, but part of that came from 
I guess a lack of understanding of what was actually happening in my body, like just this lack of education that we receive about how we are supposed to function optimally as women, as beings that are capable of creating other beings. I don't think that we're given a whole lot of understanding about that. And so some of the thoughts that are all consuming are the lack of control and the wondering what's happening in your body, what's going wrong, what should be happening, why isn't it happening? And so I also kind of think of these exercises as something that's very educational. It's teaching you what is supposed to be happening in your body. How do you visualize that? How do you conceptualize that and support it? Yep. Yep, absolutely. And and in there, buried in there is, as I said earlier, is this feeling of empowerment, right? Is getting getting your body back, getting your state of mind back, feeling in control again. So very, very powerful emotions that will counterbalance the stress, the stress, um, the, uh, the stress impact. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Well, this has been informative and fascinating and hopefully very helpful to the women listening. So the last question that I have for you is what closing pieces of advice do you have for women who are struggling on this journey? What would you like the takeaway from this interview to be? I think that the key takeaway, and we've said this a few times, is that this feeling of, you know, finding it for yourself, but this feeling of empowerment that will really kind of help shape shape your experience and help you think think about what you're going through in a way that will make sense later on. It may may not may may not make sense now for you, but in the future you'll look back and you'll say, I learned this, I learned that, and I feel in a much better place. I, I understand this about myself. And so that's the one thing I, I really hope women kind of take out of our programs as well is this, and I've said it probably too many times now, but this feeling of, of feeling sort of empowered um, and um, doing something for yourself. So self-care is so important. Absolutely. And something that is so lacking, I feel like on this journey, most of us feel like we can't afford to take time to ourselves because that will take away the focus on the journey or will take away the focus on something that we should be doing more actively. And sometimes the best thing that you can actively do to support yourself on this journey is just to take care of yourself. And I feel like that's something that's just not getting enough attention. It's not getting out there in the world that much because that doesn't feel like a medical treatment to people. Right. Even though really for in some cases, it's like the best medical treatment that you can employ for yourself is really focusing on how your mind is influencing the functionality of your body. Yeah. Perfect. Perfectly said. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing this awesome service with the podcast audience. And we will definitely be linking to the Circle and Bloom website and the programs that you guys are offering. So thanks again for being here. I really appreciate you. Uh, thank you so much for having me. And if I could just add one thing, we do have a free program as well for people who may not feel as if it might not be right for them. So give it a try and it's a free download. Oh, awesome. Well, that's right there on the website. Yep. Yeah, good way to dip your toe in the water and just see exactly. if it's something that could work for you for sure.